It's great to welcome everybody back again to the Newman Center for Mass uh, on this Sunday. For those of you maybe that this is your first time, welcome. I'm Father John Rutten, the new pastor here, new chaplain for the coming year. Spent eight years in the Sioux Falls area, Sioux Falls and Harrisburg, and then uh, had been here two years in Yankton prior to that. Uh, And when I was there, I sort of got connected in ways uh, down here. But I also was connected uh, in 1996, over 25 years ago, uh, was a student just like you, right? Arrived here to this uh, great institution. And um, as I was preparing for this weekend's readings, I thought to myself, the readings couldn't be more perfect <laughs> than the circumstances that we're in now. But they're like perfect. It's this dynamic of humility and a humility that comes about through real circumstances that we find ourselves in, provocations that we have. And when you look at the last few weeks, right? Every single one of us knows super well that we just lost our place at the table. Right? You all lost some place that you held for a particular period of time. If you've been here a while, maybe it was just summertime that you were at home or something, but if you're a freshman in particularly, you know, you had four years of high school. And it's possible that now you're no longer on the volleyball team. For the first time, you don't have something extracurricular that you excel in or a way in which you sort of recognize who you are. It's possible you go to class and you meet some other people and you realize, that person's beautiful. Maybe I'm not the one that everybody is attracted to now. Or it's possible that there's another class clown. There's another joker that's on your floor that seems to get all the attention like you used to. Or maybe you've been in conversations with some people and someone's smarter than you are. Or someone seems to be tracking in ways. Right? All of us have lost a place at a table we used to sit at. And are finding ourselves in ways in which now, maybe even you used to be the shy one and you knew where you were, and now you're like, oh my gosh, there's way too many people around. (laughs) Your place at the table now is up for grabs. And there's two possibilities of responding to this, at least two possibilities of how it is that we deal with circumstances when we uh, have change like this, right? One of them is we can grab for our place again. We can try and be sure we have what it is that we used to have before. But usually those things end up a little disfigured. Usually we like ourselves less after that, and we like others less after that. But there's another way, and that's to allow this opportunity to be a place in which God puts you where he wants you. Right? The gospel today isn't merely about circumstances, although it is about real circumstances, but it's about our life and recognizing the best way to live life is to allow one who is outside of me to decide where I sit. At the 11 o'clock Mass, it actually was perfect because this place was packed. And so I ended up taking people as they walked in, they were like all apprehensive. And I'm like, down here, down here, move over, move over, you can sit here. Right? How many of you remember situations like that? That's uncomfortable. 
We don't like to be told where to sit. I go to a spiritual retreat with a group of people, and when you go to every part of the event, right, you begin inside, and then there's ushers, and everyone just sits in the next seat. Drove me nuts. And of course, there's a few people that sit in the back and do what they want. But it's an education to us to grow in our awareness, to allow someone else to direct us. And God doesn't work just through mysterious magic ways. He works in ordinary circumstances. And so the change that you are in the midst of right now is what God wants for you. And how do we live these things in a way in which we can do them well? Number one, it's super important that you pay attention to what you really desire. Right? And the thing that provokes you is just the beginning of what you desire. If it bothers you when somebody else is more beautiful, that's not a bad thing. If you go deeper, if you go deeper to realize, what is it that's bothering me? What is it that I want? Oh, I want to be the one that is noticed? We'll go deeper. I want God to notice me. I want to be recognized. See, if we go deeper into the thing that provokes us, we'll end up finding a better seat. And ultimately, the initial movements are just signs to us that God is calling us to something more. You want a friend. I remember being in seminary and there was a group of guys that would uh, go and get Starbucks coffee once or twice a week. And they always walked right by my room. How come they didn't ask me? I thought. Well, it isn't a bad thing to want to be asked, but I need to go deeper. What is it that I want? To go to coffee? No, actually, if you ever, like, if I went to coffee with them, I'd be like, well, I didn't really want to be here anyway. I had other things I could be doing, right? Have you ever had that happen? The thing that you want when you get it, you're like, oh, this isn't what I was thinking. But we're provoked. And what are we provoked? I want someone to invite me. I want to belong to a place. I want a friend. Those are good things. They become distorted when we desire it in a way that we choose the seat instead of letting God desire or show us where it is that he wants. And so in these circumstances, there are stings, there's little provocations, there's sifting, there's tension. That's all good. As we figure out a room and try and understand where it is that we should be. But we have to stay present to those things in a way to allow that change to come about. When I ended up going to seminary, I sort of had a new path. I didn't know what this was all going to be, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, a seminary. I was on my own. I did my things. I you know, took care of myself. And, and when I went to the seminary, the, the director said, oh, we're going to send you this. We started sending guys to this seminary, and they have a great spiritual year. You're going to take a whole year, and you're going to grow in the spiritual life, and you're going to do scripture studies. All you're going to do is study scripture and the catechism. And I was like, this is for me. 
This is awesome. I'm going to the seminary that's got the new formation program. They're going to form me in the spiritual life. I was stoked. Then, very close to school starting, someone else came to the diocese who lived here but wasn't living here at the time, and they felt called by God too. And we were about the same age, circumstances were really similar, and the vocations director said, I want you guys to both go through school together. And at this late in the game, they won't accept his application, so I'm going to send both of you guys to this other seminary where they'll take both of you um, after the deadline. No! That's the seminary for old people. That's like the bottom of the rung. That's the seminary. Nobody talks about that seminary. Nobody even knows it exists. I was like, I didn't want to get up out of the seat that I knew I wanted and I was given. I didn't want to be told to take lower place. I didn't want to be told that somebody else knew what was better than me. But I had learned that doing what I want all the time led me to bad places in the end. And that praying and following God might be good for me. <laughs> and I was reluctant, but I, of course, went. And in the end, we discover that when we follow God's plan, when we begin to live allowing him to fill us and know what's best for us, we start seeing the fruit of that life. And it's something way more than we could plan. Your guys' dorm rooms are filled with people who are going to be friends with you maybe for the rest of your life. The people that you're meeting, the things that you're doing, the life that you're sharing, what you're saying yes to is very possible something God knows very specifically. My encouragement is for you to realize that in most things with the church, you're free though. God says you should be at Mass every Sunday, but you're the one that has to decide that you want to do his will. But I promise you, after the moments of tension, after the wrestling, when the decision is finally made, I'm going to live my, way, my life this way, it changes everything. And all of the world begins to look different. And I had this sense that living in the church, becoming a priest was kind of going to be like, oh, ho, hum, my fun days are over. Oh, my friends, I had no idea I would visit two continents, that I would travel more than I ever could have imagined, that I would meet people that were far more fascinating than I had ever known before, that I would live experiences of the spiritual life and of a human life and in this life far beyond what I could have planned. But it was because God had a plan for my life, and he has one for you. And he wants to take you far into the world and deep into your soul into the depths of his own heart to help you know that he believes you are beautiful. And he is the voice that we're all seeking to hear. He wants to be your friend. And that is the friendship that we're all longing for. And he's knocking on your door saying, open up, I want in. But he is the ultimate gentleman and he leaves you free to say yes or to say no. But the fruits of it 
are always waiting for the yes that you will make. And life becomes something far different than what we imagined. I never ever could have conceived that I would end up in a seminary that was two hours from Boston and two hours from New York City. Way more interesting than Denver. I never imagined that I would meet religious sisters who lived their whole lives in a monastery up in the Connecticut hills and chant like cherubs I have never heard before. I never thought I would meet the Franciscan friars of the new renewal who serve the poor in ways that still deeply moves me. I told my spiritual director I wanted to leave the diocesan priesthood and join them. He was God's voice. And I had grown to listen to people outside of my own. And he said, why don't you keep praying about that? And so I'm here. I never imagined I would meet professors who struggle in the East Coast Ivy League places where the education is at the top ranks, and yet they have challenges teaching truth and saying the way that they believe things are. And so instead of fighting all of that, they take little side gigs and they come over to the seminary and they taught us. It never, ever crossed my mind I would get one of the finest philosophy and theology educations there is in this country. Things that I learned that still mark the way that I teach and preach and look at all of this. And I never imagined that one day one of those professors would say to us, every person can sing. Maybe not well, but everyone can sing. And somehow I heard God's voice in hers. And so one day I mustered up enough courage and in the tension of walking up those stairs, I can still remember knocking on her door and saying, you said everyone can sing. I'm going to make you prove it. And it's why I have the courage to offer my voice at prayer. It might not be the best, but it's what I have. And I've experienced that there's something different when we sing in prayer. And it's why I have the courage to encourage all of you to do the same. And it never crossed my mind that that same professor would invite all of us to a symphony orchestra, which was something never on my list. and that I would sit in Yale Symphony Hall and hear Beethoven's Ninth Symphony and have something transcendent happen to me. And all these years later, it's a 50-50 chance if you are in my car when I turn it on that there will be classical music because I was willing to take a seat that I didn't choose. You guys are in the most amazing time of your entire life. The things you're doing, the life you're living, what you're studying, who you're meeting, where you're going will change everything. 
But the one who wants to change the most important things is quietly in your midst, putting people in your path who are inviting you to go to places and to pray and to share life and to eat and to do different things that might be a moments of tension in the beginning, but in the end, you will see the fruit. And the fruit isn't merely that you get to go to great places or that you get to meet many friends or that you get to all of those things. The goal is that when you discover there is one who has a seat for you, when you discover the person of Jesus Christ, you already have everything. Because you have the one who looks at you in love. You have the one who has offered himself that you would know that your sins can be forgiven and there's a new beginning for you. And you would have the person in your life whose image you are to become. I look forward to the year that is ahead and all of the ways in which each of you are going to grow and to become more of who it is that God made you into. I had a phone call from someone in my previous parish, a young kid who called and wanted to know how's Father John doing. I told him two things. I said, I'm really amazed at all the different people that are here at the Newman Center. But you know what? I think most of my life, there's always been lots of different people around. But this journey I've been on has helped me expand who it is that I see. And the second thing that rose up in my heart that I didn't share with them, but I will share with you, is I think this year, I too am going to change. I got a seat that I'm not familiar with. (laughs) And while I'm excited to be back at the University of South Dakota, you guys have way more energy than I do. But the energy we're all in need of is the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. And so we enter into the sacrifice of the Mass and we pray. I'd encourage all of you as we transition from one part of the Mass to the next to close your eyes and to say a prayer, to have a dialogue with Him. What's moving in your heart, in your mind, in your soul? What is it that fills you and makes you think God is near? What is the tension of trying to find your place? What's provoked you in a way in which you need him. Talk to him. Ask him. And open your heart and mind to all that he would do.